Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I
thank you for the reminder this morning, Father, that we can come just as we are. Father, that we can come broken and hurting, weary, worn out, and broke. But you meet us right where we are. Furthermore, God, that you tell us there's a place for us here. That as children of God, there's a place for us among the saints. And there's a place for us in Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We want to hear from you this morning, Father. We want to experience what you're doing in this place. God, we want to know that you're moving. We want to meet with you. And we cling to the promise, God, that you want to meet with us too. And just as the Father loves his children, you love spending time with us. come forward, God, we remind ourselves too that you've given us so, so much, and we're so grateful for what you do in our lives, Lord, how you provide ways that we'll never understand. It's our blessing to give a portion of that back to you this morning, God, we pray that you receive it and multiply it and do incredible things in your kingdom. Bless this offering. Yeah. 
reading of your scriptures. Bring clarity to what's taught. Relax our lives in a special way, Lord. Set families free in this place today. We trust you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we sing today. Amen. Let's have a seat. Put your hand on the person next to you and say, I'm really glad you're here today, okay? Put your hand on the person next to you and say, I'm really glad. There we go. I'm really, really glad that you're here today. We're getting there. Great. Awesome. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit just kind of breaks in and He kind of shows up and He kind of says, you know, you think it's going to be this way or you think it's going to be that way. And then sometimes he can just throw you a curveball. You know, he can just really throw you a curveball. And sometimes I think he does that, does that just to see if you're paying attention to him. You know, why do you do what you do? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? Why would you say that? Why do you, go, why do you go through this motion? Why do you go through this routine? And then all, sometimes he just throws you this big old curveball. And at the moment and at the time, you think, oh my gosh. It's like the wheel coming off the bus, right? And, and you, you're not anticipating some of those subtle shifts and subtle changes that he brings about in your life. So, uh, man, I just felt like, I don't know, I just felt like God was saying, oh, y'all just started. Y'all, y'all just started your worship today. You really just started worshiping this morning. So we're so glad that you're here today. And, uh, wow, wow. Uh, Excited about what we're going to get into this morning. Um, some things I want to share with you real quick. I'm going to have Josh and Taylor to come up, and they got something really, really neat they're going to share on their hearts uh, with you today. I don't know if you paid attention this morning when you were coming into the property up on the south side. And uh, by the way, this is the south side, that is the north side. Uh, on the south side of the property up on the hill of the garden, was broke. Did y'all notice that? You may notice that? Garden was broke. Garden was planted. Every bit of it is done. Uh, thank God for that, and thank God for um, Dustin and Kate and Sam, okay? So the other day, I rolled into the church property. Yeah, give them a hand clap. Yeah, so the other day, 
I rolled into the church property, and we didn't know if we we're going to have a garden ministry this year or not. And I, and, and I, I didn't want to put something else on dust. I knew the guy had been working a lot. And so uh, I just texted him one day and said, hey, listen, if God's leading you to do that, then God will make it happen. Well, the next thing you know, he's out there. And, you know, he's got the grass sprayed. He's breaking the, breaking the garden up and all this stuff. And, and I believe in about one or two days, Dustin and Sam and Kate did every bit of it, just them three. I got the cutest video on my phone of rolling into the property, and there's Dustin uh, on the tractor and Kate on one side. I think Kate's telling them all how to do it. But anyway, Sam's on the other side, and they're just waving at me as I drive in. I thought, that is the cutest thing in the world. I'm so thankful for that. You may not know this, but, but when our garden ministry, we hadn't been able to do it the last couple of years because of construction, but uh, the year before, last two years ago, when we had our garden ministry, we were able to provide uh, fresh vegetables to over 10 different ministries in our community to distribute those to people who have, have need and to provide fresh uh, vegetables for those folks. So uh, we're going to have it again this year. The garden, it's back. So thankful for that. And I'm going to tell you something about Dustin, okay? I'm going to tell on him. He's the kind of guy that's just going to show up and do it, okay? He, he just is. I mean, one day I'll be, I'll be in the office and the garden will need to be hoed, and I'm going to look out there, and there's going to be Dustin going at it with all he's got, right? And he's not the kind of guy that's going to say, hey, I need help. Y'all come help me. So here's the deal. If you ever see somebody out there with a hoe, go home and get yours, okay? And, and bring it back and, and, and help out. There's going to be a lot of opportunity to serve and to work in our garden ministry this summer. We're going to do our best to get the word out to you, uh, but when you see that there's a need, there's an opportunity, it's awesome for the kids to get their, their hands dirty, some dirt underneath their fingernails, and to go out there to work in the garden. So we're very, very excited about the garden ministry being back at First Missionary this summer. Now also, VBS is getting ready to kick off here pretty soon, and I wanted to share this with you real quick too, that this year, uh, for our missions offering, we're going to be supporting those missions that are normally found in our church budget because the budgetary challenges that we've had, we've had to kind of freeze some of those mission uh, opportunities to give or missions giving in our, in our budget. So what we felt led to do for Bible school this year is that the money, through the money that's given in Vacation Bible School, we're going to pick four of those missions and we're going to support those through our Bible school offering. So, so everyone needs to get involved in the Bible school missions offering. I mean, everyone needs to get involved in this. In fact, you can already start to give by that, to that uh, if you put it on your envelope or your check or you, or you give online, which I highly recommend online giving because it's consistent, it's regular, it's automatic. You can even put on there VBS missions. And if you'll do that, then you can rest assured that we're going to support some of those ministries and missions that we just could not at this time through our budget. So I think God's going to use that in great ways. Also, we're kicking off our Summer Connect Group signups today. You might have seen that out in the gathering area. Uh, connect groups are opportunities for families to connect, uh, be together on Sunday nights in the summer months. And with that, we're kicking off Financial Peace University. So Josh and Taylor are coming up today. And they're going to share this really incredible ministry opportunity with all of you this morning. They have felt led to lead Financial Peace University here at First Missionary. 
starting on June the 30th at 5.30. So you guys, share your hearts real quick about that. All right, yeah, he said, uh, I'm, by the way, this is a much bigger crowd than the first service. So Josh Edwards is my name. This is my wife, Taylor. There's some people in here I don't, I don't know. Um, so with that said, uh, Financial Peace University is a, uh, it's nine sessions long. We're doing 10 weeks. We're going to do an extra, like, beginning session uh, on June 30th just to kind of kick things off. Um, and then after that, every week, there will be a set of videos and discussion that goes with it. Uh, starts at 5.30. We'll do it the same nights as the Connect groups when they meet. Uh, let's see. I, yeah. The cost. Uh, so if you click on that link, well, you can't click on it now. But there's a link up there that we'll be sharing throughout the week uh, in the, on the church social media and stuff. If you'll watch for that. If you'll click on that and put your information in, what will happen is it will let us know that you're interested. The reason this is important is because if we have 11 families that are interested, the cost per family goes from $130 to $100. And so it becomes, um, it becomes a little more you know, affordable if, if $130 feels a little too high. But uh, it's, just, it's a great opportunity. It's something we're able to do uh, by contacting uh, CFSB. And so they've, been, they've done you know, their job and being able to help us out a little bit. Um, you want to add? Um, so it's important, um, we, we were talking and, um, we found that, um, you know, money fights and things like that are some of the leading causes of divorce. Um, and then, um, something that I can kind of share really quickly is, um, we, he actually was listening to Dave Ramsey, um, for a long time, um, before we ever took a class and I was like, oh, don't talk to me about that. Um. I don't really care, like, you're listening to that, whatever, you're on, you know, the Dave Ramsey train, um, everybody says that doesn't work, whatever. So, um, then we took a class, um, a few years ago, and went through it, we bought it, we went through it, um, and then we didn't really apply it very much, so we were, um, Dave-ish, um, we were kind of living-ish, and then, um, this past, um, December, we really um, kicked it in high gear in January, and we started, and then we kind of talked about, man, we would really like to go through a class, um, and then it was kind of like God laid it on our hearts, maybe you need to lead the class, so um, we are actually going through it with the people in the class, so we're not sitting from our tiny tower being like, we've got it all figured out, because we definitely don't. Um, so we are actually walking through it with people, um, and it's just kind of a really neat thing um, in our family, and it can be for individuals or families, um, that we've communicated with each other. Um, we've turned it all back to God because he is the one that has given us um, the money to begin with and for us to be good stewards of his money. Um, so that's kind of... Um, and the cool part about this program is that um, it gives biblical principles um, that go along with it and practical things. So I was one of those people that I was like, man, $100, $130, like why would I want to spend money for people to tell me how to spend money? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I was really, really apprehensive the first time we took the class. And, um, but we did it anyway, and I was like, well, if I've invested a hundred some odd dollars in this, I'm going to every session. 
So um, for those of you that are a little bit apprehensive about spending the money, um, it's worth it. Um, even if you're Dave-ish, it's worth it. But if you actually jump in with both feet, it's um, very, very much worth it. So. And I'll just finish by saying this. Like, something that Taylor and I like to do, we want to do, is we, we do like to give. And it's really hard when, you, when your financial house is not in order. It is really hard to give and give, give freely, right? To be able to say, oh, we have this expense for vacation Bible school. Okay, we'll write a check and help you out in that regard or whatever. Like anything that the Spirit leads us to do, sometimes it's really hard to go ahead and do that if your financial house is not in order. And so I think it's really, uh, for us, I think it's something I've, I'm already seeing. Uh, you know, Dave says it's 80% behavior and 20% head knowledge. And my behavior a lot of times is affected by how I walk with the Lord. And so I'm seeing my heart change to contentment rather than wanting things. Um, I'm communicating with my wife differently as a result. Uh, she feels a little safer and a little more secure because our financial house is, is starting to take a shape and a form, and our hearts are changing as a result of that. So it's not just, okay, we're going to get out of debt, but it's about what are we going to leave for our children one day? What are we going to, um, you know, how are we going to pay for their school? Things like that. Like, it's not just, it's not just debt, but it's overall, it's, it's a journey. Somebody said that to me this morning, uh, Mr. Clapp back there. He said, it's not just about getting out of debt and getting done with that stage. It's about the whole, it's about the lifelong journey of managing money. And so I think that's a really cool perspective to have. So if you need anything, there's a sign-up sheet outside or at the table. And then, of course, find us. We'll have the link. The church will have the link. We'll be sharing that all over the social media pages. And if you have any questions, please feel free to contact one of us. And I know there are many people here who have done it. And if you have and you, you feel the need to, to kind of, share that with somebody, please offer up, you know, how it helped you, because I think it is important that we continue to share that information. Josh, I'm going to get you to pray with us, pray for us in just a second, for Bible School, for Connect Groups, Financial Peace University. Uh, Emily and I took the course over 20 years ago, and, and we were absolutely lost in regards to how, how do you plan financially for the future? I mean, it's like, yeah, we knew we needed life insurance, but oh my gosh, you know, what do you need? Uh, we knew that we needed to plan for our kids for college, but oh my gosh, how do you do that? What do you do, right? And, and all of these things. And we needed, we needed a biblical perspective on stewardship. And so that course offered all of that to us. And we still, we still practice in theory the envelope system. Even today, the tellers at the bank, when they see me coming and they've had me for consistent weeks, they know exactly how much to give back to me for my deposit so I can go home, give, give, those, give that to Emily so that they can go in our, our envelopes in theory. And we still do that after 20-something years. And we're always not the most disciplined with it, but it just gives you a start. And here's what encourages me about these guys. This is a young couple who says giving is important. Giving is important to us. They're saying that we understand that money is a great servant, but a horrible master. You need to be able to master your finances so that you can give and be a blessing to others. And you know, it's in my heart to see God raise up 
a generation of people who will give, who will support just like we've had generations before us to do the very same thing, right? So we're all building on the foundation that somebody else has laid, and it just blesses my heart that you guys, a young couple, young family, are wanting to help lead our church and our families to do the same. So really, really neat. You pray for us. Pray for these ministries again. If you want to know more about this, you can see Josh and Taylor in the gathering area. Also, please check out the sign-ups for the Connect Group, Summer Connect Groups, and the gather area, gather, gathering area as well this morning. So Josh, pray for us, and then we're going to dive into the Word today, okay? Father, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather with a group of like-minded believers today. Um, I pray that as we sit here and as we think about what we're going to do this summer, Lord, I just pray that you bless all of the connect groups and you offer up wisdom and encouragement and guidance for where all of those connect groups will go um, over the course of the summer. Lord, um, I think there's great growth that happens during those groups, Lord, and I've seen the growth. I've seen the relationships that get built, Father. And Lord, I just pray uh, for Alan, Lord, that uh, if there's anything that's uh, just in his heart and in his mind today, Lord, that, that isn't of you, Lord, that you will just uh, push that aside, mm. Lord, and um, cover him and speak through him, Lord, yes, and, Lord. and allow us mm. as receivers, Lord, that word, Lord, to, to be open-minded as well. Lord, um, allow our spirits to, to communicate mm. on a little deeper level today than maybe something we've experienced this week, Father. Mm. Lord, um, I just pray that as we as we continue to walk together, Lord, that you just um, hmm. you just keep us aware of the fact that that you're you're ever present and you're ever there. You're, there's no uh, I'm going to come to you, Father, but you're you're already there, Lord. Uh, we can stop anywhere and just have a conversation with you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Let's give God a hand clap of praise for His goodness and His grace today. We're so excited and happy to be here. This morning, so glad you're here with us, and even folks who might be viewing online today, we're so glad to have you with us in our service this morning as well. So today, we're going to continue in this series, Family Vacay, vacating the attitudes and habits that wreck our families. Now, I don't have to tell you that we are in vacation season. This is the time of year where a lot of families are trying to plan their getaway, uh, you can go to Facebook, you see all the pictures of people at the beach or at the mountains in Gatlinburg, wherever they may be, and this is just the time of the year that taking a, a family vacation is really a good idea, or just taking some kind of big break, you know, from your habits and your routines. Maybe you're planning a, a staycation at your home this summer. I don't know what your plans are, but did you know that psychologists tell us that taking a vacation is important? It's also really needed for your overall health, for your mental well-being. Years ago, when I was getting out of seminary, I attended a pastor's conference. And there was an older pastor who was there, uh, had been, been very effective in his ministry and pastored a pretty large church. And, and he said to this group of seminary students, which I was a part of, he said, guys, there, there's three things that you need to plan throughout the year in order for you to be your best. He said, number one, you need to recreate weekly. It needs to be a part of your weekly routine that you are going to recreate. Get out of the office. Uh, uh, get off the job site. Get out of the house. Whatever, whatever your work looks like, get away from that and just recreate weekly. 
He didn't say this. He said, you need to retreat monthly. Plan a time, one, two days, whatever, you, your spouse, a friend, whatever. Plan one or two days that you retreat. That you really step back from what you do on a normal basis and breathe. Just give your mind a mental break. And psychologists tell us that by doing this, we're actually more effective and we, we do more and we benefit others more when we plug back in from the time that we retreat. Then he said this, vacate yearly. Plan each year a time where you, your family, whoever, you vacate. I mean a complete change of scenery for an extended period of time, vacate yearly. If you do this, then you're going to maintain a proper, and here's the word that we're going to come back to today, a proper balance in your life. Balance is a very, very important word. It's a word that I want you to take home with you today, the word balance. In fact, just say that to me. In fact, you might want to look at your neighbor and say, you know what, I'm not going to say a thing he says to say, but I'm just going to say good morning to you. I don't care what you do. Just balance. Say with me, balance. Balance is a very... I know y'all get, y'all get tickled at me when I do this on Sunday mornings. I don't want to tell you what he says. I'm not a puppet. Whatever. Balance, right? Balance. And some of you are going, yeah, what I do every Sunday morning when he says to say this word or that word, I lean over and say, what's for lunch, right? Okay, so balance, balance. Also a word that is close to the word balance that's very important is the word centered. Centered. It's important that you maintain a sense of balance and centeredness in your life. Have you ever had something to happen during the course of your week, during the course of your day, that threw you off balance? That got you off center? You know, if, if you imagine somebody who walks without proper balance, they might favor one leg over the other, right? Right? They're probably trying to protect something, right? So they, they favor another leg. What well, happens over time? When they're off balance and they're putting pressure maybe on that leg, then over a period of time, what's going to happen? The leg they're trying to protect is no longer the issue. It's the leg, the good leg. And now the good leg's the issue. Or, or what was the good knee is now a bad knee, right? And they say, I've been favoring that leg for a period of time. And because I've been favoring it, now I'm having problems there. And the problem began when things got off balance or off-centered. Granted, there's things that happen in our lives. Holy Spirit throws a curveball. Things we don't expect. Things we don't plan. But it's really important that we have a sense of balance and centeredness, centeredness in our lives. Family vacation. I know that you've got great memories of family vacations. You know, family vacations, we said last week, they bring out the best of us, but they also do what? They also can reveal the worst of us, right? The things that are going on behind the scenes, 
uh, in our relationships, in our family lives. When you're with somebody 24 hours, seven days for a period of time, you know, it can really bring out the difficulties and the challenges, right? It can come out in the parking lot at 1 o'clock when you unpack the entire car and say to her, you know what, you're packing the car, right? Y'all heard that last week, right? comes out in so many ways, right? You see the pictures on Facebook. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's happy. And you have no clue what happened minutes before that picture was taken. And you have no clue what was said between the shots were taken. And as soon as it was over, I mean, they're, they're at each other's throat and they're bickering and all this stuff, right? Family vacation can bring out the best of us, but they can also reveal the challenges that are in our lives. They can reveal to us the imbalances of our relationships and our lives. This series is about vacating some of those things that bring imbalance to our relationships. Vacating the attitudes and the habits that can wreck our families. You know, when we get ready to go on family vacation, there's an area... That I usually try to look at. I try to usually watch. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were getting ready to pull out of the driveway. And I was checking out the car, and I noticed that the, the car tires were not looking real good. Uh, they were kind of bald in some spots, you know. And I was really kind of nervous about this. And I was like, you know, hey, w- you know, something might happen here. Well, sure enough, we get several miles down the road, and uh, I noticed one of the tires starting to deflate. You know, we had to stop a little bit further down the road and, and air it back up. And thank God for fix the flat. And thank God that we got there and, and, and we made it back and everything. But you know, when the tires are giving you problems and issues, they're, it's like the, they're like the foundation, the foundation of your vehicle when you go on family vacation. And if they're faulty or they're out of balance, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, man, it can, it can go for a very long Difficult trip. Foundation is another important word today. Because what we're talking about is we're talking about families. And I'm going to make a statement here. And by the way, if you want to head start, we're going to go to Ephesians 5. We're also going to be in the book of Galatians today. But I'm going to make a statement that you would have never dreamt 20 years ago or 30 years ago that this would be a politically incorrect statement in the United States of America in 2019. 20 years ago, you would have never dreamt this would be a politically incorrect statement in the United States of America in 2019. But it is. Here it is. The foundation of a home is the relationship between a husband and a wife. The foundation of a home is the relationship between a husband and a wife. Here's another statement that is politically correct even today, that people might have a hard time getting their hearts and minds around our our culture in which we live, and it's this, that the family is the building block of society. The family is the building block of society. Where do you learn work ethic? 
Where do you learn how to behave? Where do you learn etiquette? Where do you learn how to function in the world? Where do you learn how to manage money? Where do you learn how to be a contributor to society and not always a taker, right? How do you learn? Where do you learn to give, not to always be a taker? The, the home, biblically speaking, is to be the place where society finds its first building block. The, the home is the place where all these things are intended to happen. And guess what? And so when the home is breaking down, or there's problems in the house, or things are out of balance, then society and culture is going to suffer and struggle. This is God's perspective, God's view of the home. And we start with the relationship between the husband and the wife, the foundation of the home. So last week we saw in Genesis that it was God's idea. It was God's idea to start family life. God said it's not good for man to be alone. I'll give for him a helper who's comparable to him. It was God's idea to bring Eve into the relationship. And from there you find the, the building block of the home, the building block of society. All of that is God's idea. So for us to come to Scripture today to talk about family life and relationships, some people think you are so old-fashioned. You are so outdated. These ideas are so archaic. But here's what we see time and time and time again. When people do things God's way, they work. When people capture the heart of God for the things that they are in or the things that they are about, they tend to work so much better than when God's way is not a part of the equation. We're going to come to a section of Scripture today that's called the house codes. You will find these in the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians. There will be certain statements made about the home and the house in other places of Scripture. You'll also find this in 1 Peter. House codes. And in the ancient world, house codes were kind of normal for different cultures and societies. You say, what in the world is a house code? A house code was basically how people were to operate and live within a house. House codes. And most of the time in the ancient world, when they had house codes and the way people were to act in a house or in a home, the house codes were always about how the people in the house were to act in regards to those who were over the house. But guess what? When the Apostle Paul introduces house codes, like here in Ephesians chapter 5, it's different. In fact, scholars tell us that the language and the wording of the house codes that you find in the biblical text cannot be found or have their source in any, any other culture, society, or religious text, or even secular text. That these house codes and, and these ideas purely come from a Christian perspective. A Christian perspective. The church gives us these house codes. And for the very first time with house codes... 
The Scripture speaks to the responsibility of those who are over the house in regards to those who live in the house. So it speaks to how everyone in the household is supposed to be in regards to one another. When you come to Ephesians 5, verse 22, Paul is going to start by talking to wives. The wives of the household. He's going to give them some specific ideas and some specific instruction. This is Ephesians 5, verse 22. He's going to give them some specific ideas, instructions in regard to how they are to act or respond and be toward their husbands. So, at this point in time, there we go. Ephesians 5. So he says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, your translation might say, uh, Wives, be, uh, be submissive. Your translation might read, you know, wives, place yourself under your own husbands. You see, can you already see how some people think this is archaic? This is old-fashioned. you got to be kidding me, right? But if you notice in your Bible today, in your biblical text, the word, it is a word, be subject, it's the word hupotasso, which means basically to arrange oneself under, to put the need of somebody else Above yourself. That's what the word basically means. If you'll notice in your study Bible today, the word be subject is italicized. If you look in your Bible today, it's not on the screen, but it's italicized, which means that the translators have added this word to the text for clarification. This word is not originally in 522, but the translators added it for clarification. So if you're reading it literally, this is how it would read. Wives to your own husbands. And then you think, to your own husbands, what? Thank God for 5.21. Ephesians 5.21 is what Paul's referring to. So when you come to 521, you find Paul's much broader perspective. See, people think Paul's a, a male chauvinist and Paul's about oppressing women and all this stuff. And that is completely not true in regards to the biblical text. For the first time in history, women were not considered to be pieces of property. They were considered to be people. They were whole persons. In fact, non-believers were surprised at the freedom and the liberation that were given to women in the church. Because society in general did not regard women very highly at all. Ian, they were just pieces of property, possessions, not real people. I'm going to jump to Galatians real quick at this point. Because I want you to understand how we are to view the sexes from a biblical Christian perspective. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, the Apostle Paul lays out his, his theology, if you will, God's theology, for how we're to see the sexes. And when you read this, you tell me, is this about oppressing? Is this about putting uh, women in a place that is inferior to men? Is this about elevating men to a place 
where they're supposed to reign and rule over their, their households, like the caveman that steps out and he beats his chest and says, Woman, kids, you do what I tell you to do. I mean, years ago, they used to even say in wedding vows, wives do what? Years ago, wives are to what? You all you remember what they'd say in wedding vows? Wives are to what? Their husbands, wives are to what? Oh, I know. Doesn't that just, boy, don't that just make you cringe to say that? You know, it's like Fonzie never could say, I'm sorry, right? Uh, 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 bang. That's nowhere in the biblical text. That's taking this idea of being subject to a whole nother place that's never intended in the text. Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, he says, in regards to who we are in Christ, he says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free man, and then the next part's huge. There is neither male nor female. For you are all what? You are all one in Christ. In Christ, you are equal partners. You are equal people. There is to be spiritually in regards to personhood no distinction. But he still says there's neither male nor female, so there is distinction. Just not in regards to Christ. Or in regards to, to how we see each other in Christ. But there still is distinction. I'll, I'll show you this real quick. Have you ever seen the illustration? Don't tell me, we're almost out of time. Oh my gosh. Y'all can see i got to have glasses. Okay, so have you ever seen the illustration of the men? You, you take guys and you put their, 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 their feet against the wall and, and, you, and they take their buttocks. I feel like Forrest Gump buttocks. But anyway, put them against the wall and you put a chair. Have you ever seen this? Go to YouTube. You can Google this. This is hilarious. And then put a chair in front of men and, and challenge them to, to bend over and pick up the chair. The absolute majority of men with their feet against the wall and their buttocks against the wall without moving their feet from the wall and their buttocks cannot pick the chair up. But women, on the other hand, the majority of women can do it every single time. Now, this is no surprise to you women. I know that. In fact, this is your opportunity to look at anybody next to you and say, you know what? There's a whole lot more other stuff we can do that you can't do either, right? But there's still distinction from a godly perspective, but the distinction does not bring an inequality in regards to how we see men or how we see women. For in Christ, you are all one. But here's the heart of what we come to as the foundation before we ever get into the home. Back to Ephesians 5.21. Paul says, Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. He's speaking to everyone as a whole. Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. 
To be subject means to put somebody else's needs above your own. This is not something that would be exclusive in the home in regards to what wives or women do. But this is an understood foundation and principle for how the whole body of Christ is to relate to one another. Now watch this, okay? Look at the person next to you and say, I got your back. Right now, just do it. Look at the person next to you and say, I got your back. I got your back. Right? Now, look at the other person on the other side. And you may have to speak over a couple of chairs and say, I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. All right? Now, I want all of y'all to collectively look at me, look at me and say, I got your back. So you got each other's back. I got your back. You got my back. Who don't have their back covered? You see, the way this thing's supposed to work is that in the body of Christ, when it comes to legitimate needs, if we are saying to one another, not me but you, not me but you, not me but you, oh, not me but you, not, y'all say, with this, not me but, no, not me but you, then at the end of the day, when everybody's saying, not me but you, then who gets included? You. And everyone gets that are legitimate needs met. This foundation, this basic principle that we are to live in relationships, subjecting, submitting, putting others before ourselves. That is the foundation that then we bring into the home. The other thing I want to show you, this is really awesome, okay? In the fear of Christ. This does not mean, because I want to say this to you. If you do not properly understand Jesus and his relationship to the church, or the church's relationship to Jesus, you're, you're going to get marriage wrong. You'll get marriage wrong. It's only when you see Christ and his relationship to the church and, and, and the church's relationship to Christ properly, when you see them properly, you got a much better chance of getting marriage properly. Mutual submission, not my needs, your needs, in the fear of Christ. Which means this, it does not mean that you are afraid of Jesus. It's not fear in the sense of being scared. It's fear in the sense of revering and placing at the center of our hearts and our affections. Why do I have your back? Is it because you're always a friendly, loving, nice, kind, affectionate, generous, giving person and never selfish and ornery or conceited or obnoxious? Heck no. I have your back because Jesus has mine. And I'm forgiven. And I'm complete. And I'm whole. And I'm holy in Him. And because of that, I can see you the same way. Even when you screw up and you just mess up royally. So we have each other's back 
because we love Jesus. And it's out of my devotion to Christ that I will be devoted to you. And it's out of your devotion to Christ that you'll have my back. Because I'm telling you straight up. I am telling you straight up. If you look at me long enough, I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to let you down. If you watch me long enough, you spend any amount of time with me, you're going to go, I cannot believe Brother Allen just said that. You're going to say, I cannot believe. Did you see Brother Allen at that ball game? Did you hear how he spoke to his kids? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, now. Whew. You see, my role in this is never to point anybody to me. My role in this is to point you to the one who will never disappoint you or never let you down. So even when I am disappointing you and letting you down, if I'm pointing to Jesus, then I'm still doing what I'm supposed to do. So it's out of a, a, a fear of Christ, a, a, a putting Him in the center. He is the one that keeps us centered and balanced. Last thought, we got to go. Last thought, we got to go. You're driving down the road. The car hits 65. Yeah, I saw you look at your watch. Your car hits, the car hits 65. I'm free to fail. So are you. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love you. Okay, so you're driving down the road at 65 miles. Don't, you can't say I'm not paying attention. Okay, 65 miles an hour, right? Car hits 65. All of a sudden, it starts shaking and vibrating, you know. And you look at her. And you go, what in the world's going on with this car? You drive this car all the time. Well, this car always does that. You're like, what? Oh, yeah. This car's been doing this for years. This is just how the car drives at 65. And you, you drive this every day like this? Oh, yeah. This is just what it does. You don't, you don't ever get this car over 65 miles an hour. Are you crazy? You got a, you got a tire problem. Most likely, one of your tires is off what? It's off balance. Did you know that some of our homes today are terribly off balance? We've just been operating out of balance for so long, we got used to it. We think this is just how it's supposed to be. Somebody gets in there, they get in the car with you. They get, they get in, in there with you, and they hadn't been in there with you before. They hadn't been in that car in a while. And you hit 65, and they're going, oh, oh, oh this, thing's gonna, this, this thing is going to rattle your teeth out of your head. Out of balance. Out of balance. Out of balance. We must understand before we ever dive into wives and their roles and husbands and their roles in the home, we must understand that all of this language here in the text is Christological. You say, what does that mean? 
It means that everything about how husbands are supposed to be toward their wives and everything about how the wives are supposed to be about their husbands is Christ-centered. How does Jesus love the church? How does the church love Jesus and respond to Him? Now don't you think if we keep that in mind as we move forward, that we're going to keep everything in balance and centered the way it's supposed to be. Every bit of this, either it's the husband coming to her or she going to him, is Christological in its heart. It means it's Christ-centered. And when it's Christ-centered, things can stay in balance. You just thought we were going to have a big old day, guys, telling our wives, oh, how they're to be subject and obey us, and, and man, you know, we're going, to put, we're going to put them in their place. And then you wives, you thought, oh yeah, you're going to tell that man to love me to the cross. He's supposed to die for me. He's going to be crucified for me. You're supposed to love me that way. And what do we do? Whenever we go there, what do we do? It's always about, what are you supposed to do for me? And we miss the heart of it out of the gate. So if we get it right in the church, we'll get it right at home. And if we get it right at home, society and culture has a much better chance of staying in balance where it needs to be. Let's pray today and we'll be dismissed. There's so much more we could say this morning, but we're going to stop right here. Let's stand and pray and we will be dismissed. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace to us today, Father. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, God, you know, I, I can testify today, Father. I can testify that even in my life, when I get out of balance and I feel like the tires come off, it's like I wreck. But I cannot tell anyone how many times, God, you, you picked me back up. Maybe you had to jack up the car for a while and get some things squared away before you could put that tire back on, but God, you, you have always, always, always in my life, you've always picked me back up. I trust that you'll do the same for our homes today. We pray this in Jesus' name. God bless you for being here today. You are dismissed. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.